Welcome to the Parenting Cipher, where each episode will give you the tools and resources to help your child thrive in school and in life. Please rate and review this podcast. I'd love to hear your feedback. And also hit that subscribe button so you don't miss any upcoming episodes. Hello, hello, everyone. So today I wanted to talk to you about executive functioning. And before we really get into the tea of that, I wanted to start off with a little story. So my son, who is 13 years old, is on the computer. He's in class and he's in a morning meeting or group. But in this class, this is where they catch up with work or the mentor decides what he wants to talk to the kids about. So in this particular morning, the teacher decides that he wants to show informational videos to the kids about ADHD and executive functioning. So as I'm walking past my son, I see like he's whipped out his phone. I'm like, why are you on the phone? Like, you need to know this. He's like, I don't need to know about that. I don't have ADHD. I said, well, you know, you know, people who have ADHD, you might be able to help them. Who? Who? I was like, well, your sister, she's an adult. She can handle herself. I was like, oh, oh, okay. So then I walk away, but I said, you still have to put away that phone. <sighs> like, I don't even know why we have to do this. <laughs> I'm like, whatever. Dude, put the phone down. So then as I walk by again, I hear on the screen, they're talking about executive functioning. And I'm like, yo, you need to listen to this one. He's like, no, I don't. I was like, dude, yeah, you do. You need all the executive functioning skills. He's like, I don't need that. So as they're going down the list of what executive functioning is, I'm over his shoulder like, Psst, you need that. That right there. Pay attention. Right there. He's like, ma. And I'm like, uh-uh. Don't tell me you don't need executive functioning, right? And this is the moment that what I love about the teacher actually creating this space for the kids is you have children with diagnosis and you may tell them once, yeah, we're going to this special program or you're in this class because you have ADHD or you have dyslexia or you have autism. You might go into the meat of it. You might not, right? But if you're not doing it, how is that actually helping them as they get older, take ownership and actually cultivate skills that support them? And that's a space that I've been becoming more and more aware of as my son gets older. Um, there's a difference between you managing their diagnosis or their skills versus teaching them how to manage it. And it also starts with what's the diagnosis, Right. One of the things I like to say is like, see your child beyond a diagnosis. And what that means is diagnosis is a diagnosis that they have created based on so many people. These are the symptoms or this is how it looks, but it's always going to look different in different people. So when you have a diagnosis and you have your child, you have to actually start to see those pieces in your child so that you can actually figure out how to support them with skills to manage those pieces. So When you look at your child, it's the same thing. When I'm listening to them talk about executive functioning and he's telling me he doesn't need it, uh, yeah, you're not clocked into what executive functioning is. So because the child in me, because we all have the child in us who is like super petty (laughs) all day, all day, as the day was going by, like here and there, I would see different things and I would be like, Yeah, executive functioning. 
until like finally he's like, Ma, stop. So let's dig into what executive functioning is, right? I know possibly, I'm not going to say everyone has heard it. Um, it is a term that's thrown around a lot, especially if you're sitting in IEP meetings. Um, and if you're like myself, I do look, I do look up a lot of things from the meetings, but a lot of times we just get the meaning from something from context. Like if a person talks enough, you kind of like, ah, yeah, I got it. You got it, but do you really got it? Right? So (laughs) executive functioning is a set of mental skills that include working memory, flexible thinking, self-control, and basically the skills that you use to manage your daily life. We use these skills all the time. Do we call them executive functioning? No, but that's what they are, right? So the skills that are included under executive functioning is paying attention, organizing and planning, starting tasks and staying focused on tasks, managing your emotions, self-regulation, keeping track of what you're doing. These are the skills that help our children in life skills and academic skills. And what's happened is usually we learn executive skills more of we tell our children, like, this is where you need to be. This is what you need to do. But as they get older, we have to start teaching them how to set up those things for themselves. And that leads into the three areas of executive functioning. One is working memory. What is that? That's the ability to keep the information in your mind and to use it in some way. Now, if your child has, now I'm not going to say ADHD because children are children. So it's being able to retain the information and then be able to use it in different ways. So that is an executive function. Cognitive flexibility, being able to think out the box is part of executive functioning. Being able to, for instance, let's use this podcast, for example. (laughs) So it was supposed to be another episode, right? Flexible thinking. What can I do instead? For your child, it's they're sitting there doing their homework and they don't understand the problem. They're not getting it. Flexible thinking in this instance really would be being able to say, I've tried the way that the teachers told me to. Let me look on YouTube. Flexible thinking. Or let me ask my parent for support. Another area is self-control. The ability to ignore distractions and resist temptation. Now, let's talk about self-control real quick, especially if your child has a touch of ADHD or anywhere in that realm, but some kids are just kids. So it doesn't even have to be a specific diagnosis. So when it comes to self-regulation, right, self-control, sometimes what happens with children is their body moves before they can reflect on the consequence of that action. Someone brushes against them and all of a sudden a fist flies, an elbow comes out. Now, unless you're really looking at the child, you may not even see that as soon as the elbow came out, they regretted it. Oh my God. The regret is because it was not an active, I'm going to push this little kid. I'm going to do it. It really is a lack of self-control and self-regulation and the ability to reflect. Yeah, it's part of executive functioning. Impulse control, as you may hear in meetings. But knowing this, How can we support our kids? The reason I kept prodding my son that day was right now we're doing virtual learning and his school had put things in place where they were teaching them self-regulation and teaching them executive functioning skills. But once he came out of that setting, 
he's kind of like lost. And I'm trying to figure out like, well, why can't you do it? How are you going from an A to B student? And now you're struggling. And that's because they had the executive functioning support in his school. So what does that look like for me? That looks like I have to do things differently. And you have to start listening to your kids. And that's like beyond what you think. So at one point, my son said to me, I need you to sit with me. And I'm like, dude, sit with you. Why do I need to sit with you? I just really couldn't understand it. So the first time we did it, I was like, man, you got this. You don't need me to sit with you. But that's not why he wants me to sit with him. He wants me to sit with him because when he starts to hit a wall and he's not able to be flexible and figure it out, I am right there for him. So for instance, he's doing history and they're using electronic books. He's having difficulty getting on electronic books. So he just wasn't doing the work. I asked him, I said, well, why are you not asking for help? I don't need help. Uh, yeah, you do. But he is asking for help, but he's not asking in a way that I'm used to. Him saying, mom, can you come sit with me while I do my work is actually him asking for my help, right? When it comes to classes, <laughs> so we all know online classes, middle school, high school, it's like, well, you were getting up before, but it's different. So just to like really spell out how we can help our kids with executive functioning, the first thing is accountability. If you're like myself, we have the million one things to do. Accountability looks really tight when stuff is wrong and it gets looser as it gets better, right? <laughs> but one of the things that helps me with accountability is I use this program called Send Goals. And we put the goals in there. He chooses his own goals and I get email alerts to provide support for him. If he's not signing in on that, it really helps that piece. Accountability also doesn't have to be like that hard. What are you doing? What are you doing? Are you doing it? It doesn't have to be that way because you want them to build that muscle, that muscle of actually being able to do it themselves. And that's a funky space because I don't know about you, but I tend to go all in or I lean out. So being in the middle is kind of shaky for me, but I'm learning. Having a conversation about it and setting goals is accountability and it really works. The second thing is make time external. And what the hell does that mean? So that means <laughs> use your clocks, use your apps, your timers. My favorite is Alexa, especially with my youngest son when it comes to his classes. He has breaks. And sometimes I get lost in the breaks, y'all. I ain't gonna, I get lost. But what I have started to teach him to do is when he steps away from the computer to tell Alexa, set the timer for five minutes. Do you understand that when Alexa tells him it's time to go back to class, he's like, okay. When I tell him, it's like this whole conversation. So think about different ways that you can make time external because they're doing other things. Like real talk, as an adult, I get lost in time. Oh, I'm only going to do this thing 15 minutes. Yeah, you know, an hour's passed. So make time external. The third one, incentivize. Now, whew. I have been using incentivizing for years. I have two older children and it's changed over time. I used to just pay for grades A's and B's. Now I do big incentives and small incentives. Now, if you're one of those parents that's like, why should I pay you for grades? This is the thing. Incentivizing isn't just about the reward. It's about what you're creating. 
What are you planting for your child? So one, most often, if the goal is to go to college, right, most time they don't even have those conversations to high school. Well, yeah, you get a restart in ninth grade, but what if they're already working at their highest potential because you have been incentivizing it? What are good grades equal to when it goes to college? It equals to scholarships. It equals to money. So that's why you're incentivizing the grades because at the end of that tunnel, that's what you want. You want those scholarships. You want those dollars, right? So it could be small things. It could be big things. It depends on the age. It depends on the goal. For my nine-year-old, I incentivize him staying on task, participating in the classes, doing the work because sometimes he just be so over it. And it's small things. We don't eat junk food. I'm like, you know, I'll get you McDonald's if you do all of your work. You participate. You do everything you have to do. Sometimes every two weeks, I have like $20. What do you want for $20? For my oldest son, he's in middle school, so it's a little bit different. Especially when he says he's into these sneakers. Why do sneakers cost so much? But anyway, so he had summer packets to do. And I kept trying to get him to set up times for himself loosely, you know, because I wanted him to feel the repercussions. So they had given him an outline of how things could be done. You could be on an eight-week program. You could be on a four-week program. You could be on a two-week program, which means you're doing several assignments a day. And as time kept by, I kept giving him these gentle reminders. It's in game. And we talked about this at the beginning of the summer. You said that you wanted to get these sneakers. Don't ask me what they are, guys. I think it's like LeBron 18 something somethings. I just know they're like $275, maybe $300. And I say, here's the thing. Do you need an extension? Well, I mean, I have to do it anyway. You do have to do it anyway. So listen, you're going to have to do it because it's required. Or do you want to have an incentive? Do you want to actually get something that you can see for it? So he was like, yeah, I do. I need an extension. Why give him an extension? Because that's flexible. And depending on what's going on for your child in the future, especially when they get to college, they need to know that that is an accommodation. That is something they can ask for. Why not start with your parent? Anything that they can do with us first, it makes it easy for them to do with somebody else. That's just facts. So I have been using those ways to incentivize. Depending on your child's school, like in school, they use these dojo points for my youngest son, which he told me. He was like, they ain't real. And that's why <laughs> we have real incentives in my home with both of them and with the middle schooler. I'm just learning different ways to incentivize him while building his executive functioning skills. He has to tell me when he's going to get the goals done. He has to tell me how he's going to get the goals done. We talk about breaking down tasks and even for the incentivizing, I use the same goals again. And I use that program because for a parent like myself, it makes everything seamless and it's also a contract. They set up the goal, you look at it, you tweak it, talk about what is it that they're going to get after they finish the goal, you get the alert, and then you provide it. It's a contract. And I don't know about y'all, but I'm the parent, well, I'll say something in the air and boom, it's time to pay up. And I'm like, did I say that? Now, because I'm in integrity, I still provide it, but I'm like, did I say that? And I shouldn't even have to have that space, but because- we're not writing things down. And a lot of parenting specialist programs, we always talk about goal setting. They will talk about contracts, writing stuff down. Awesome. I write stuff down and it get lost in the sauce. So a singles is my go-to. So number four, frequent breaks. So 
Here's the thing. With kids or with people, frequent breaks helps them refresh. It could be 10-minute break, 15-minute break. If they're behind on something, if they're doing their homework, you see that they're struggling, you can ask them if you need a 10, 15-minute break. It really helps them recharge and refuel and, most importantly, refocus. I touched on that with my youngest son, like they have breaks in between each class. And he uses his breaks to the fullest extent to live his best life. But it helps him stay on task when it's time for him to go back. Number five, hands-on learning. Depending on the task, depending on the child, sometimes it's just easier when they work with their hands. So that's something for you to think about. I know with both of my kids, they like to do mental math. I'm laughing because I don't get it. Like that's totally out of my scope, but they love to do mental math. When they were learning the foundations of it, and even though they like to do mental math, a lot of times with their classes, they will tell the students, like, go around your house and find a circle, a sausage triangle, go and look at one third, one fourth. So it's tangible, it's real. Instead of it being an idea of a thing, they actually can see and feel and hear it. A lot of people learn that way. Those are the five ways that you can support your child with executive functioning. And I will put in the notes all of the resources that I have discussed. And of course, because this is the Parenting Cypher, with a head nod to hip hop, this episode is dedicated to a song that I like called ADHD by Lucas Joyner. And it's actually on the playlist for the birth of the Parenting Cypher. Because when I heard it, I was like, ooh, this is so good. And one of the lyrics I like is, my mind is racing. I've been paranoid, overthinking. Maybe that's a void. Don't cut me off like I don't have a voice. I think I was born different. I ain't really have a choice. And the entire song is, it really touches on how someone feels who has ADHD. And it touched me because my daughter has ADHD. And my time where I was not aware of what goes on in her mind. And I heard this song, I was like, ooh, wow. So check it out. Give it a listen. Especially if you have a childhood ADHD, like give it a listen. I mean, it is adult lyrics. Which, no, it's adult lyrics. But it's always the words. So if you don't want to hear it, check out the lyrics. ADHD by Lucas Joyner. Always remember, you're doing the best what you have. Remember to be patient with yourself and your child. Did you know you can support the show on Patreon? So the Parenting Cypher can keep bringing you great content and guests. Just click on the Patreon link in the show notes. Till next time.